KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Coronavirus Pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Having the kids learn at home has become the norm now during this COVID-19 pandemic. Teachers are developing all kinds of new tools to educate virtually, and parents are becoming living teachers for their kids. It's a lot of adjustment for everyone. Now, at some point, kids will go back to school again, but will it be the same? Are we learning things in this emergency that could actually help and change and shape the K-12 education experience going forward? And is everyone gaining a new approach? appreciation for the art of teaching. To talk about all this, we checked in with Dr. Corey Brown, Associate Dean in Rowan University's College of Education, Rowan down in Glassboro, New Jersey. Really insightful conversation. Give a listen. So we have just about everyone uh, learning from home, virtual teaching, cyber school, however you want to talk about it. As someone connected to the education community, what are you kind of hearing anecdotally from from colleagues and and teachers? How are are people dealing, how are teachers dealing with this? You know, Matt, I think that uh, one of the brilliant components of our public school educators and private and parochial school educators as well is the is the ability that they have to be flexible and to modify the content of their instruction um, in a variety of delivery formats. So from teachers at this point in time, you know, we are now three or four or possibly even five weeks into kind of homebound or remote instructional opportunities. And I'm hearing them really sort of become, uh, you know, adjusting to this new normal that we're all a part of, you know, not just teachers, but parents and students and families and our neighbors. Um, but there is a sense that this new normal is is developing and there is not the sense of uh, shock, you know, that I think first hit everyone, um, you know, several, several weeks back uh, when there were so many decisions that were being made uh, essentially overnight in terms of how are we going to maintain continuity in our instructional delivery um, and whether that be from, you know, a, p- a preschool situation uh, or all the way up to some of our AP courses at the high school level, uh, you know, the, the concern was let's focus on our students and let's focus on making sure that learning continues to occur even in the midst of this crisis. What are some of the biggest challenges teachers are facing? I mean, you mentioned, you know, at first this was new to everyone, but even three, four, five weeks in, what are some of the biggest hurdles that teachers have to overcome to be able to get everything across to their students and make sure their students are keeping up? I think it, to to be honest, Matt, you know, as as we know, not only in in the tri-state area, but you know, in the Philadelphia area and and surrounding, we have issues of of access and equity, uh, you know, across our school systems. And there are certain students and families and districts that are much more well resourced and well able to. Uh, 
to um, to distribute, whether it be technology or funding um, to support some of the instruction that's occurring. And we have some other districts that are definitely in a different position where they have a lack of funding or they um, have they serve a student population with families and in communities where there's not immediate access to, um, you know, necessarily uh, laptops or Chromebooks or um, or sometimes even Internet connection. And so what I think has been a challenge in seeing and understanding that that potential divide, right, that the reality of that divide, not even potential, just the reality of that divide. What I have been so encouraged to see is that our partners in industry, you know, um, corporations, businesses, small companies have come together and really began to to collaborate and support one another to provide uh, things like free Internet access or donating laptops or um, sending meals uh, to uh, to communities that 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 have students where they were receiving free or reduced lunch. And that that collaboration, that sense of community education has honestly been uh, such an incredible I think uh, just source of support and strength to our our students, to our to their families, to the P twelve system as a whole. Um, the the idea that we are not operating in isolation, but rather we are creating this community of collaborators that are really able to uh, to to reach in to individual you know neighborhoods and and homes and and provide things that need to be provided. So what was initially a challenge um, and and potentially a great gap um, you know has has now I see uh, been re- reduced in the sense of this this teamwork and this absolute commitment to making sure that students have what they need uh, so that's that's been super exciting could we see virtual learning this aspect be worked into schooling even once everything is back to quote-unquote normal for the first thing I think of have we seen the end of missing school for snow because now we've got the ability the knowledge (laughs) seriously though I mean when you kind of take a step back you know we'll we'll just throw the lessons out there and could this be the end of the snow day oh Matt you're going to disappoint so many children if there's no snow days No, I uh, I hear where you're coming from, though, and I I absolutely do think that in many ways, you know, the the fact that our educational systems and uh, and our our daily operations have been able to, in many ways, meet the challenge of this coronavirus isolation. Um, that yes, I do believe that virtual learning, um, the, the remote instruction, and and these varied um, kind of uh, instructional opportunities that you're seeing, whether it's learning from uh, videos or whether it's learning from, um, you know, we're, we're utilizing every, you know, platform out there at this point in time where you were utilizing YouTube, we're utilizing Khan Academy, we're utilizing all sorts of, of varied um, forms to really be able to, to maintain that continuity of instruction that I was talking about earlier. And so to your point of, you know, will snow days be a thing of the past? You know, the, the mom in me wants to say, oh, no, absolutely not. You know, there will, there will of course, still, still be snow days. There'll be those great unexpected moments where we're all cozying up at home. Um, 
However, I think the the reality is more so along the lines that now that we have uh, begun to see the ways in which education can morph, the, the ways in which education can be innovative and responsive um, to varying uh, conditions, I, I think that we're going to continue to see some of this remote instruction, some of the virtual formats. Um, and, and, and because we don't truly know what is going to happen with the, the, the current conditions of, of the coronavirus, we don't really have ideas of what, you know, for instance, you know, summer learning may look like, or even the learning that's, that's coming up in the fall semester. Um, you know, that, that next academic year uh, is going to have a lot more questions surrounding it than certainly we did when we started this past academic year. One of the things I think, especially for younger children in school, it's what you're learning book-wise, lesson-wise, but there's it's also the social aspect of schooling, you know, learning to get along sure. and stuff like that. Do you have concerns? You know, I know New Jersey's through May 15th. Like, there are places that have done that said no more. We're not going to have physical schools for the rest of the school year. You also hear some worst case scenarios where this could bleed into the fall. That aside, though, do you have concerns about, yes, kids are getting the ABCs they need, but that this could be a hamper for some younger children from the social standpoint because they are going to be out of the classroom for so long? Listen, I, I think any any educator, Matt, any parent, and, and honestly, any person who's ever worked with children, uh, whether they be preschool or, or, as I said, if you're in middle school or high school, this is a time that, that every person's mental health, well-being, and socialization uh, is, is critical to their continued um, overall sense of satisfaction, overall sense of connection, you know, whether it be to teaching or learning or their work, um, and, and especially for students. Uh, yes, most definitely, we are thinking and and highly uh, concerned about what does socialization look like, and what does social and emotional growth and mental health and well being look like? It you know in the varied forms that it might exist during this time of of uh, you know homebound instruction at this point, um, where we are not able to come together. You know uh, traditionally in our in our pre schools and our elementary classrooms, we have things like morning meetings, you know, where we start the day as a whole class or um, sometimes even as a whole grade level and possibly even as a whole school. And you see people's faces and you're giving them high fives and you're able to do a group sing along. And uh, there are rehearsals of, you know, whether it be your school motto or uh, the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever it might be, those kinds of socializing and, and bonding uh, moments absolutely still need to occur. And, and I do think that that area specifically, the, the socialization aspects, um, are a real area of opportunity for us to grow as, as educators and, and really as an education system. 
because we are going to need to be more innovative in the way that we approach that particular aspect of, of personal growth and development. Um, that is an area, just as, as a former classroom teacher myself and, and working with pre-service and in-service teachers, and now, of course, even as an administrator, that aspect of, of maintaining not only your own you know, social and, and, and emotional health, but really being able to translate any lessons or any helpful uh, components of your own life into the, the learning and growth and development of your students, that is critical. And, and we're seeing that happen. It's just happening in, in a variety of different ways. Um, sometimes there are, you know, I'm sure you've seen these already, Matt, you know, the, the Zoom classroom visits, you know, where all 30 students or 10 students or however many students are getting on uh, and taking different turns back and forth with their teachers. Um, there, are, uh, there are musical performances that are happening with some of our music education students where they're playing in concert with one another, but obviously from the confines of their own individual homes. Um, there are uh, there are kind of uh, uh, synchronous and asynchronous, uh, you know, uh, theater uh, happenings, you know, kind of community uh, uh, theaters happening in different neighborhoods where we have teachers or artists who are helping to kind of organize and lead these things. So it, it is happening on a case by case and almost neighborhood by neighborhood, school by school um, uh, situation. And I, I hope very much that the state of New Jersey, our counselor educators, our mental health experts, um, those in New Jersey, those in Pennsylvania, Delaware, you know, our whole entire area, we are seeing much more collaboration occur in those specific disciplines and content areas as well, so that even the experts in those areas are not feeling isolated or, or as though they are pushing that boulder uphill all by themselves, um, but the necessity for for, for us as the as the leaders or the, the teachers or the content experts to also gather together and really renew one another um, in our commitment to, uh, to to staying healthy and well from a social emotional perspective. And final question, one thing, do you think it's possible a positive that comes out of all this is kind of a renaissance for teaching with the idea that so many people who are homeschooling at this point now have an appreciation for what a teacher has to do when you multiply it times 25 kids in a classroom. Because I feel like our society, not as a whole, but there were portions that took teachers for granted, you know, made fun of, oh, they've got summers off, stuff like this. Could this kind of be a bucket of cold water on, on how special the job is and how vital it is and, and maybe we see a, a greater appreciation going forward? Well, Matt, thank you so much for that question. And, and the, the quick answer is absolutely yes. You know, I, I see so much appreciation and so much recognition of, of what teachers do every day and the ways in which they have to be creative and, and adaptable and the extraordinary amounts of ingenuity and patience that they have. Um, this, this is an opportunity for education to sort of touch the home life in a, in a closer way than we ever have had, at least in my history as an educator. Um, and I would, I would 
guess for for many, many years, even prior to that. I don't think there's been a time uh, when our society has understood how critical the, the nature and the operation of teachers and teaching is to our society as a whole and to the betterment of, of all, every community. Um, you know, the, the signs, the, the posts, the, the quick little thank you videos. I mean, there has just been such an outpouring of, of understanding and, and genuine love for teachers uh, that has been displayed in, in so many countless ways across this last, you know, four or five, six week period as, as parents and as caregivers and as aunts and uncles and grandparents. I mean, everyone has come together in a way inside each person's individual home to, to carry on work that is done every day by our P through 12 teachers force. And I just want to personally say a huge thank you to every single educator that is out there. There is no more noble calling, in my opinion, than to serve students uh, day after day and, and participate in a child's growth and development um, and learning and, and, and foster the curiosity and, and wonderment that is just inherent in, in kids. And I, I'm so grateful for each teacher, and I'm so grateful now by extension to each parent that has become a teacher in addition to working their own full-time job or part-time work or assisting their loved ones or partners in, the, in, the, in their own home space. Uh, you know, this, this is a time for all of us to be appreciative of one another. And so as much as I love the, the uh, resurgence, as you said, of, of recognizing the power of teaching and the power of teachers, um, I, I also just want to, to thank every single person out there because we are all pulling together to, to make this a, a positive um, experience in as much as it can be, recognizing that, of course, people are making sacrifices at a great level. Um, and, and I'm just so pleased to be able to, uh, to encourage and to support um, not only are our, our teachers coming into the field, but our current teachers um, and our teacher educators, you know, at the at the institutions of higher ed. We are we are in this with you and we are so thankful for you. And uh, Matt, I just want to thank you for the time to to be able to share my thoughts. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.